Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mistress Carrie. Weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Good morning, Jonna. Thank you so much for calling. Good morning. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know you, you are the former master or chief of disguise for the CIA. Your life story is fascinating. Thank you. It was interesting. I bet it was. Uh, you're also a best-selling author. Your new book, The Moscow Rules, uh, has come out, and it's another book that you co-wrote with your late husband, Tony Mendez. So I first wanted to express my sympathies and offer my condolences to his passing earlier this year. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, most people would know Tony Mendez's story because of the movie Argo, which is how most of us learn about all of these clandestine operations is through the movies. Well, that's true. And, you know, that story was never destined to be released. There was, uh, Tony had retired from the CIA when, when Argo, when the story became public. Um, he really thought he would go to his grave with no one knowing that story. And when George Tennant told him that he wanted to have that story told, my husband said, uh, <clears throat> he tried to say no. Uh, George Tennant didn't want to hear no. And so uh, he directed Tony to talk to the New York Times and tell the Argo story. It was, it was in a lull. It was uh, before 9-11. Things seemed to be under control. The world seemed to be um, okay. And George Tennant said, this is a great time to do something we've never done, which is to tell a positive story about the CIA. Let's do it. That's what started Argo, the story, uh, on its way. The fact that it turned into a a really good movie was just, uh, I don't know, it was luck. So you were happy with the final product? We loved the final product. So many movies are done that 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 are not good representations of, say, a book. And we were just lucky that Ben Affleck was the one who ended up running that uh, that production. What's the reaction from the CIA community when it comes to kind of uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit into what it is that you do? How, how did that community react to the story being told? You know, initially they didn't like it, and we understood that because when we were at CIA, we were enforcers of the rule, which was that the only good response is no comment. That's how the CIA responded to everything. Is it true this? Is it true that? With no comment. Um, George Tennant was part of changing that culture. But when we started speaking to someone like you, doing something on the radio, our old colleagues were not particularly happy. I think, though, this is the fourth book that we have, that we have produced. These books are um, an interesting way to educate the public on what this public service looks like, what this government service looks like, what the people involved in it, what, what they are like, and what we understand. And when Tony passed in January, we heard some interesting um, 
numbers from the CIA, how many, how many applicants have come in looking for jobs, people who have read these books and decided that this government service makes sense to them and that they would like to be part of it. What makes a good agent? Hmm. Well, if you're talking about an operations officer, which is what most people are talking about, although there are analysts, there are all kinds of positions in the CIA. But if we talk about an operations officer, it's a person with really strong interpersonal skills, a person who, who, who is gregarious and outgoing, a person who is uh, curious, who is a problem solver. If this person has traveled widely and speaks a foreign language, that would be really good. We, we have a long, long list that, you know, what, what we would like to have. There are, there are some things that we can teach people. Um, there, are, there are some things that they have to bring in the door with them. And the ones that I just ticked off to you, basically, they have to show up with those kinds of characteristics. And then we can teach them a language if we need to. We can teach them area knowledge. And we can teach them the tradecraft that they need to, to, uh, to use in, in doing their work. Is the story true that you briefed President George H.W. Bush in the Oval Office in disguise and only revealed it to him halfway through the briefing? Was that true? Absolutely true. It was it was one of one of the fun moments that uh, that that, that I, I was able to go through. We had developed a new product. It was a, a very very lifelike mask that you could animate. It, it it spoke. It talked. You could wear it and have a conversation with someone. Uh, it was a first. We hadn't been able to do that before. And I showed it to my office director. He showed it to Judge Webster, who was the head of CIA, who said we've got to show it to the president. So we ended up in. Uh, in, in the Oval Office with President Bush behind the uh, desk, I showed him some photos of, of himself in disguise, just wig and mustache, those, those kinds of traditional things. I said, oh, and we've come a long way since then. We've, we've got a new product to show you. And he said, well, where, where is it? Show me. And I said, well, I'm wearing it, but I'll, I'll take it off and show you. He said, no, 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 don't take it off. And he still didn't know what it was, but he got up and he walked around behind me and went back and sat down at his desk, and he said, okay, take it off. And so I peeled the mask off, and I kind of held it up in the air so he could see it. And there's a great picture of that moment in this book. Um, it, it, it was quite a moment. He was, I think, a little bit shocked. The uh, White House photographer was taking pictures. John Sununu, who was sitting next to me, almost fell out of his chair because he hadn't been paying attention. He was doing, he was coming up next, and he was doing his notes for his talk to the president. So he was startled. Um, and I went out to the secretary. I was the first one to talk, the first one out. The photographer followed me out, and she said, what did you do? <laughs> and I'm thinking, she just photographed what I, I said, I can't tell you what I did because it's classified, but you develop your pictures, you could probably just see what I did. And that was uh, a moment. How much of this is playing out all around the average American on the streets, anywhere, whether it be Russian agents on American soil or Americans tailing foreign agents on American soil? Are we walking by this kind of stuff every day and just not knowing it? You know, that mask technology, we don't know of another intelligence agency who's, who's even attempted to produce something like that. We worked with Hollywood. They made masks that did not animate. They were called stunt doubles. Um, and we, we were interested in how they did what they did. But it, 
it didn't do what we needed. So it was about 10 years of R&D for us to come up with something that actually works. Um, we don't know of any other organization that has been able to do that. What Hollywood shows you on screen is beautiful, but it's not real. It's CGI. It's all kinds of – it takes hours to put it on and take it off and, and, and manipulate it on screen. So our mass, our mass um, technology, as far as we know, is the only – the only way to produce something that really is lifelike. What I thought was really funny in the book, the, the first page of the Moscow rules is the list of rules. I thought it was hilarious that the first one is that Murphy is always right. And then mentioned several times in this list of rules is about trusting your gut. Can you talk yep. to me about that? That was, uh, it was mentioned more than once because it was so very important. You know, we had these very aggressive case officers that would go out on the street they had to determine if they had surveillance or not. If they didn't have surveillance, they had to take all kinds of measures to ensure that they didn't have surveillance. This thing about using your gut was telling them that even when you cannot see any surveillance with you, you have to know on a, on a deep level that you're alone, that you are black, we called it. Because if you go and meet your agents, and if surveillance is there and you just can't see them, they're going to they're going to identify your agent, and they're going to arrest him, and they're going to shoot him. They will execute your agent. Trust your gut was one way of saying you can abort for any reason, any reason at all. If it doesn't feel right, don't go. If, if your gut says, I don't know, you, you know, you get these feelings, well, go with the feelings and abort the operation. Do not plow ahead, like, like especially men are inclined to do because they think it looks bad if they abort an operation. We kept trying to say, don't take any chances with these people. That's what that gut. Before I let you go, I, I have to ask you about the state of relations with Russia now because it's all over the news. Do you think it's worse than it was when you were active at the CIA? Or wh where have we gone from the time when you were working? You know, I can't say because I don't have any any insider knowledge. All I know is is kind of what what I I, I watch a lot of news, but it's it's news. It's it's no special information. It looks to me like the Russians have been lying low for a while. It looks to me like Putin is uh, feeling his oats. Putin is a former KGB officer. The uh, the surveillance uh, the, the the problem in Russia was always with the surveillance. It looks like KGB is coming back alive. Now it's called the FSB. Um, might be that the whole war isn't really quite open, uh, quite over. Uh, the first chapter of the book actually deals with some, some troubling incidents in the recent past that, that if a person put it all together, it might look like, uh, you know, this thing is coming alive again. I can't let you go without asking you the stupid question. Can you tell me who killed JFK for sure? <laughs> Nobody's asked me that in a while. No, I cannot, but I'm really, really interested in that, in that question. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the things that I pursue when, when I see a new article or a new book. I read it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying with it, but no one's convinced me yet uh, what else might have been possible. With the nature of the work that you did in service to this country, uh, regular Americans don't have the opportunity to thank you for your service and your sacrifice in all of the years that you worked on behalf of the United States uh, your husband, Tony, and yourself are both American heroes, and we are fortunate to be able to 
learn about these stories through your books. Your your latest, The Moscow Rules, is out now. And uh, Jonah Mendez, I just can't thank you enough. You are a fascinating woman and way ahead of your time. And I thank you so much for calling me today. Thank you. It was it was great talking to you, Carrie. Have a fantastic rest of your day and congratulations on the book. Thanks so much. Mistress Carrie, weekdays 10 to 3 on WAAF. Podcasts are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.